1: Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the a single, single lot. lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah.
4: Right. Doing business constantly. uh uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining
3: you <laughs> in Maybe. some way.
4: This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Today's show, we are going to deal with a couple of different things that deal with the budget, that deal with the IRS spying on you, uh, and deal with the quality of life in this country. And we are also going to talk about just how bad things are going to get with our economy if Democrats are allowed to pass this multi trillion dollar uh, spending bill that they're working on right now. U.S. Senator Bill Haggerty, who's been fighting this, is going to join us in a few minutes to talk about that. Senator Bill Haggerty has said that this 3.5 trillion dollar reconciliation bill it also includes carve outs for big tech corporations who want an unlimited use of foreign workers so much for putting americans first under the biden administration right no no no. we're a global economy now we don't care about american citizens we care about importing new citizens that will vote for us yeah this 3.5 trillion dollar bill being pushed by democrats includes a, quote, carve-out to provide unlimited use of foreign workers, specifically for big tech companies. This is typical of these giants. Massive D.C. uh, lobbyists come in, and this is what they do. This is a bill that we've dug through. Over 2,500 pages, to be clear, and it's buried and hidden inside the bill is this carve-out for corporations. It allows unlimited green cards for 10 years. Let me say that again. It allows unlimited green cards for big tech for 10 years. Corporations can then bring in foreign workers that can come to American soil where those jobs will be held for up to a decade by green card holders, and it does not provide for Americans to actually be in the job market in these industries. Here's the other part. What a green card does is it provides permanent resident status For the foreigners coming in these foreign workers typically work for less than American citizens in terms of the same jobs quote I want Americans to be able to hold these jobs and I want them to be able to step up the career ladder to improve their own lives and not to have the permanent pressure of foreign workers coming in who will work more cheaply that's not what we have in this country Throughout history, that's not what we need in this country. That's not what needs to happen in America. Yet this is exactly what the Democrats have in their bill. Because if you can give unlimited use of foreign workers to these carve-out corporations, and you can give them green cards, and they can say forever, and they can undermine the American worker, this is amazing for the future of the country under socialism. It's not what's best for this country under freedom, under democracy. That's exactly why the Democrats are doing it. Now, we're going to have a exclusive conversation with Senator Haggerty coming up in a moment on this. But let me get to another issue real quick. And that is what we're now finding out about the Biden administration's IRS plan for your bank accounts. This is extremely important. What I'm about to tell you. There are things that have changed over the last couple of hours that you need to know about. Things have changed for the IRS to spy on you 24-7, 365 days a year. The media is not reporting on this. I need you to make sure that you share this information and also share our podcast with all this info in it to everybody you know. So if you're listening to this, make sure you share our podcast that will have everything in there that you can just say, hey, to your family and friends, listen to this. This new IRS plan would basically put each and every American under an IRS audit indefinitely. It would also affect working class Americans. And you would be three times more likely to be audited than the rich elite, which they claim this bill is actually all about. And it's not about the rich elite. Now, President Joe Biden and the Biden administration now want the IRS to monitor the bank accounts of every American citizen. You may have heard about this. The word was it was balances over six hundred dollars a month. Transactions over six hundred dollars a month. That's originally what we were being told. Six hundred dollars a month in a bank account is easy to get to every month if you have cell phone bill if you have rent if you have a utility bill right six hundred dollars coming out of a bank account is super easy to get to every month we now been told that is now changing from monthly to annually that means if you have a bank account that has transactions that go up and down to fifty dollars a month you would hit the six hundred dollar annual number that the irs would need to then spy on you according to the hill Newspaper, the administration wants banking institutions to not monthly, but to annually report to the IRS the total deposits and withdrawals from accounts that have a balance of over $600 or bring in over $600 annually. So if you had $50 a month, 12 months a year come in and out of your bank account, you would hit the $600 annual amount, which means Anybody, basically, that has a bank count is going to have IRS auditing them 24-7. Now, they're claiming this is to catch the rich tax cheats. That's how they're selling this. There is nobody that is rich that's $50 a month going in out a bank account. Okay, this is about the poor, the middle class. This is about socialism and communism and total tyranny of a government that is spying on your every transaction. Okay, Bill Gates has more. Jeff Bezos has more. Money than fifty dollars a month going in and out of a bank account. Children have more than fifty dollars a month going in and out of their bank accounts. Usually, this is not about going after the rich. It's going about. Uh, this is going about going after you. Now they are claiming we're just trying to find people. that are using loopholes and accounting tricks and not, uh, you know, reporting all of their income. That's a lie. Who's going to get nailed the most by this? Those making less than $25,000 for a year will fall under this un- umbrella since they tend to have irregular income, according to a new report. The proposal for the $600 payment, according to the Treasury Department, would let the IRS look at the inflow and the outflow of your bank account and compare it to your reported income. They say it would be to target millionaires. You should not believe them, one analyst said. You know who also happens to have income that isn't reported and often doesn't match what is in their bank account? People who are poor and work in the service industry. And they're not W-2 workers. People like handymen, bartenders, servers. Some of the most vulnerable people in our economy, especially under COVID. Right now, the IRS is pushing this law because it allows them to have more power than any other government agency to do surveillance on your life. It is, by the way, three times, yes, three times more likely that to audit the IRS a person making less than 25,000 a year than to audit the income flows of the richest 1% of Americans. That's a fact. So what's behind this push for the IRS-driven snooping? So right now, go to 4 slash Ben. That's the number four, patriots.com slash Ben.
1: Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy
6: Meets, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen.
1: We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank
6: you. Thank you. When
7: those those legends get here, let me know.
1: (laughs)
2: This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5.
5: New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. The Biden administration says it will just help uncover a, quote, $463 billion tax monies over the next decade that should have been collected. How they came up that number, no one knows. Doesn't matter. Just throw a number out there, right? And it sounds good. Let's do it. Now, of course, in the era of social media privacy concerns and proposed vaccine passports, Why not throw in there the tightening of bank reporting? It's just one more step towards what many have referred to now as social credit scores and the government telling you where you can and cannot spend your money. Let's talk about monitoring your transactions for a second. So the IRS would have access to your bank account if you do more than $50 a month in transactions. What if you give a donation to a certain candidate? Does that get you audited? What if you give money to your church? Does that give you audited? What if you give it an organization like the NRA? Does that get you audited? Now, of course, the Obama team that has been put together years ago that Biden is now using yet again, they say, oh, no, no, that won't happen. Now, that's the same team that allowed the IRS to actually go after conservative Tea Party groups several years ago. You may remember that story, right? When under the Obama administration... You had the IRS actually targeting Tea Party groups to try to attack them, shut them down, put some of them in jail. We know that for a fact. It all came out. We all saw it. No one was held accountable for it, but it happened. Now, of course, they would tell you that that would never happen, right? Same thing with spying on your bank account. Oh, we would never monitor your transactions or who you donated to, which church you gave to. Or if you gave money to a place like the, you know, the opposite of Planned Parenthood, like National Right to Life groups, we would never Never look at your money and then maybe audit you because we see you're a conservative. Never. It wouldn't happen. Right. Sure. okay. Quote, the proposal involves no reporting, the Biden administration says, of individual transactions of any individual. That's what the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen assured in an interview with CBS News to no pushback. Quote, if somebody reports an income of 10,000 and they had three million go out of their checking account, that tells the IRS that an individual you should probably audit they say that's why we're doing this. Come on. Really? So let believe this crap? And if this is true, what they're saying, then why not put in a million dollars of transactions in a year, two million, or three million, or four million out of a bank account that would then red flag the IRS to audit you? Why are you going down to fifty dollars a month? I mean, there are there are children whose parents are trying to teach them finances that have more than fifty dollars go in and out of a bank account a month. Why do you put it so low if you're trying to catch the billionaire? And millionaire tax cheats. They're not actually trying to catch them, folks. Understand that they're not trying to actually catch them. They're trying to monitor everything you do, where you eat, if you have a vaccine passport and where your money goes in your bank account. Quote, identifying individual transactions or not. Presumably, an IRS audit on a $25,000 per year single mother working as a waitress will present a massive burden on that mother. That's exactly what this is about. Banks, by the way, are going ballistic over the burden of this reporting because it makes up a a nightmare scenario for them, but they don't care, right? This is Congress. Speaker Nancy Pelosi has just blown that off as being an anecdotal whatever point. She told reporters, This week, yes, there are concerns that some people have, but if you are people breaking the law and not paying their taxes, one way to track them is through the banking measure. I think $600, that's a negotiation that will go on as to what the amount is. But it's important, she says. It's more than just the banks that are objecting to this. Coalition of associations, including heavy industry, insurance, construction, hotels, RV dealers, and more are now joining the banking association pinning a strongly worded letter of Pelosi and House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy saying, quote, this proposal would create significant operational and reputational challenges for financial institutions because people won't trust us. They won't want to put their money with us. They won't want to have bank accounts with us. Increased tax preparation costs for individuals and small business owners would also skyrocket, which is unfair. While the stated goal of this vast data collection, and that's exactly what it is, vast data collection on you where you spend your money how you spend your money and then we can politically harass you if you spend your money in places we don't like that's what this is this is no different than what the same people did with obama when they were targeting tea party members and tea party groups quote while the stated goal of this vast data collection is, is the, to uncover tax dodging by the wealthy this proposal is not remotely targeted to that purpose or that population The banks have said in response, and they're right. In addition to the significant privacy concerns, it would create tremendous liability for all affected parties by requiring the collection of financial information for nearly every American without proper explanation of how the IRS will store, how the IRS will protect, and use this enormous trove of personal financial information against them. Never trust the government. Privacy concerns, by the way, are cited as one of the top reasons why individuals actually choose not to open financial bank accounts and participate in the financial system, including retirement savings, because they don't trust the government. House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Richard Neal said the $600 transaction amount for an entire year, which is $50 a month, will likely be raised, so everybody calm down. They said, look, we might even raise as high as $10,000. Okay, do the math on $10,000. That's only $500 a month. How many people have more than $500 a month come in or out of their bank account? That could be $250 in, $250 out. Bam, you're at $500. If you have any type of car note or mortgage or rent, you're already hitting $500 a month in money coming in and out of your account. Again, this is about targeting every American citizen, every American with a bank account. This is not about catching the risk. This is about a unlimited amount of power the IRS would have to basically spy on your every transaction and you would be under an IRS audit indefinitely. That is what this is. Houston Rockets owner, a man that's got a bunch of restaurants, he came out, Tillman Fertita, the owner of the Houston Rockets, and several other businesses came out yesterday warning during an interview this week that the Democrats passed this tax plan on unrealized, for example, capital gains, which they would be monitoring with your bank account. He said it would, quote, destroy capitalism in the United States of America. He said, not only do we have a supply chain crisis that is currently impacting consumers and costing the poorest people the most, he said it's a major contributing factor surging inflation rates, but he said, then if you do this with taxes, it's game over. He said his companies alone there are more than 4,000 openings across his businesses restaurants and entertainment industry when asked about this quote supposed billionaire tax he said that if it passes it will make me not build as much because I won't have the ability to create so many more jobs he's right but this isn't just about going after him this is about going after you and spying on you forever and having the IRS monitor your transactions and then quite possibly target you for where your money goes. You want to know how crazy they've gotten over there at the Treasury Department? Let me just read you this headline. Biden's Treasury Secretary is adding now counselors that you're paying for to address systemic racism in the economy. This is how woke they've gotten. President Joe Biden's Treasury Department announces create a new post to combat alleged racial inequities, racial inequality issues in the banking and other financial services industry. Throw down the race card. Treasury Secretary Yellen said on Monday that a former J.P. Morgan Chase executive quote is part of a multi-pronged strategy by the Biden administration to deal with systemic racism found in many parts of our economy and they're going to correct it. Treasury must play a central role, quote, in ensuring that our economy recovers from the pandemic. It recovers in a way that addresses the inequalities that exist long before anyone was infected with COVID-19. So now the Treasury Department is going to be the race police for financial transactions. So right now, go to 4 slash Ben. That's the number four, patriots.com slash Ben.
1: Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy
6: Meets, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen.
4: How (gasps) lucky we
2: were to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out
5: now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Joining me now to get a real update on this uh, is a man that is uh, fighting very hard right now uh, in Washington, D.C. on this budget issue. U.S. Senator Bill Haggerty. Senator, I appreciate you coming on this morning. And let's talk about where we are with this new, and it's a great way of putting it, a woke economy. I mean, you, you have Biden's yeah. Treasury Secretary right now who wants to add counselors to address, quote, alleged systemic racism in the economy. This is not a joke. This is what your tax dollars could be going to. And they're saying we're going to have to really come after those that make any type of money. Do they have the votes to actually pull this off?
8: Well, Ben, first, it's great to be back with you. Uh, you do such a wonderful job of helping us illuminate for the American public the crazy stuff that's in this massive package. Just the House bill alone is over 2,500 pages. They've not been able to come to any agreement on how to pay for it. It's, it's like a circular firing squad within the Democrat Party. And when you talk about this woke economy, the various provisions they're putting out to abuse and misuse the, the, the tax system, the government financial regulations, all of this to push a social agenda, their woke agenda, um, You know this, this notion that there's systemic racism and everything from where a highway is placed to how a bank account is, is open, it's absolutely crazy. Again, they're trying to find ways to divide America. That's how they think they win, is through division. That's not the American way, though. That's certainly not my approach to things. We need to find things that unite us, that will keep bringing America forward as the greatest nation in the world, the most most incredible nation that uh, any of us have ever seen. Uh, The world needs strong American leadership, and what this group is trying to do is tear us down.
5: You know, you look at one of the things that has gotten some headlines, but I don't think many people truly understand the ramifications of this idea that the IRS could spy on your bank account. If you've got a bank account with the last number I heard was six hundred dollars in it, uh, they they will be reporting that to the IRS. Uh, I don't think a lot of people understand the ramifications of what that means, what that would mean for so many Americans with the IRS spying on you. Explain where we are with that provision, and, and so many Democrats want this because that would give the IRS total control to basically monitor your every financial move indefinitely.
8: Then this is just like something you would expect from the Chinese Communist Party. At the levels they're talking about, whether it's six thousand, a thousand, whatever, any person that's moving the any person that's moving normal amounts of money in and out of their accounts—a paycheck, a rent payment, that type of thing. You're going to cross a $600 threshold with one transaction. A $10,000 threshold you'll cross pretty quickly because it's the cumulative amount of money that you run through your account. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to see people shut down their accounts. I've talked with community bankers across the nation. Their customers are telling them that if this were passed, they're just going to shut their account down. They don't want to be monitored. The American public does not want to have the government snooping on them at every at every turn. They don't want a permanent audit underway by the IRS. The IRS is talking about hiring Thousands of new agents and basically subjecting, you know, everybody that's got a bank account to a permanent audit status. This is not going to work. Joe Manchin has now told President uh, Biden that it's a nonstarter for him. This is one of their biggest, quote, pay-fors. They've assumed that all Americans cheat on their taxes and that they're, they're going to be able to pay for this massive socialism by coming back and, and, and harvesting Americans' uh, tax returns and, and finding new money. It's like shaking the the couch and finding coins in the in, 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 in the in the crevices. This is not going to get through. Um, I, I think it's it's a, it's, it's going to be yet another dead on arrival plan, just as bad as this wealth tax idea.
5: Let's talk about the wealth tax uh, idea real quick because that's something. And, and you know, I I worry when I hear things about these. The uh, as one friend referred to it, a banker referred it to me this week. He goes, you know, this is nothing more than the IRS becoming the financial Gestapo. They're going to monitor everything you do in your bank accounts. He then mentioned the wealth tax, which you just talked about, uh, and basically punishing people for being successful or being wealthy or taking risk and building companies and, and, and investment. Uh, you'll look at guys, and when you see these big numbers like Elon Musk has you know, got more net wealth, they say, than ExxonMobil now, uh, which to me is great, but the guy took unbelievable risk and could have easily gone financially bankrupt 50 times over. Uh, for doing something m- that many people believe was impossible for him to do. He pulled it off. Look at how many people he employs now. It's not like he's a drag on society. He has, in, in many ways, fundamentally changed society. And yet the Democrats yes. still want to demonize hard work in America. Where are we with this tax?
8: Well, you think about who the author is of this program. It's Bernie Saunders and Elizabeth Warren. In what world? the American public elect Bernie Saunders to be the author of their economy? In what world could you have imagined a declared socialist who would be, you know, destroying the American economy within nine months of Joe Biden's uh, arrival in office? Uh, this is not what the American public voted for. This wealth tax that they're talking about will be the most transformational tax that's happened since the income tax was introduced back in 1913. And I'll bring you back to 1913, Ben, just from perspective. In 1913, the highest tax rate at that point was going to be seven percent. That's single digit, seven percent, and that was going to be on wealth. That, if you converted it to modern dollars, people that made over 14 million dollars sounds pretty similar to uh, what we're hearing right now. It's only going to uh, only going to affect the millionaires and billionaires. Well, as soon as they get a program like this in place, and they need to pay for the next one, they'll just start sliding that scale down further and further and further until they hit every one of us. That's exactly where this would go. They've got uh, you know the, the notion that they can transform the tax code in such a fundamental way and get it done by this weekend when we haven't even seen the first bit of text, It's preposterous. Well, uh,
5: this goes they're back, they're back to the most brilliant blah, blah this, this goes back to the most brilliant political move that we've ever seen. and that is the normalization, uh, and it happened in real time with Obamacare, of quote, "We won't know what's in the bill until after we pass the bill." And when, when they were able to pull that off with Obamacare, Anything Democrats know is revolutionizing the way that things work in D.C. Uh, and I don't say that in a, in, a, in a complimentary way. They basically hold the bill to the very last moment. They dump it on the American people. They dump it on you guys in Congress and say, good luck trying to figure this out by the time you've got to vote on it. And that's exactly what their strategy is with this bill yet again.
8: Yeah, yeah. You, well, you saw that with me when uh, when I fought the so-called infrastructure bill and you, you, you helped me get the word out on that. They, dropped, they dumped that on us and, and wanted to vote. The, the minute the CBO, Congressional Budget Office, came out with the scoring that this so-called infrastructure bill was going to be paid for, as they said, it turned out that it was over a quarter of a trillion dollars short. When we got the information, the response of the Democrat leadership was, let's go ahead and accelerate it and vote it through tonight without even seeing what's in it. And I said, no, I was one of 100, but I stopped that bill. It was very unpleasant, made me very unpopular, but we spent five days – Fighting that, I probably got two hours of sleep a night, and we let the American public know what was in that bill. I got five of my colleagues to move over and vote with me. I wish I'd gotten more, but we opened the American public's eyes, and now they're, they're savvy to what's happening here with this larger bill because that was just the front door. The infrastructure bill was just the beginning uh, of, of what we're seeing right now with this much larger, quote, human infrastructure bill which is, again, nothing more than a step toward big government socialism, a big step in that direction.
5: What, what is the you know, you, I know you have friends that are Democrats in the Senate, Senate. And and if you've ever lived or worked in D.C., there are a lot of candid conversations that do happen behind the scenes. When when the best line that the White House can come up with is the biggest lie that's been told in a long time, which is trillions of dollars in spending won't cost you a thing. Everybody knows it's a lie. Are Democrats even rolling their eyes at that, or are they just saying, hey, it's a ways to means say whatever lie you got to say to get this done?
8: I think it's all about power for them. It's about transforming America, and they believe that if they can get something through, one, it may help them in this Virginia governor's election that they're in the process of losing. Two, it arms Joe Biden with something to take to his big-time climate summit over in Europe. He's on his way to Europe this weekend to Glasgow, Scotland next week. And after they embarrassed themselves so finely with Afghanistan, I mean, that debacle on Afghanistan so upset our European allies and NATO, uh, Obama, I mean, sorry, Biden wants to redeem his reputation with the club in Europe, and he wants to bring over a, a, a massive climate package to show that he's got something that he can offer them. Despite the fact that it's going to devastate our economy, the Europeans are going to love it because it takes us down the same lane that they're on towards socialism, it weakens our economy, it makes us less competitive. Of course, they're going to like it.
5: There's no doubt. Last question for you, and and I want to get, if you guys, do we know how much this is going to cost us, and and what does this new role have, and what power does it have? President Joe Biden's Treasury Secretary uh, Department announced it has created this new post, I mentioned it earlier, to, quote, combat alleged racial uh, inequalities uh, and issues in banking and other financial industries. The Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, said on Monday – that the former J.P. Morgan Chase executive that she has appointed is part of a, quote, multi-pronged strategy by the Biden administration to deal with systemic racism found in many parts of our economy. The Treasury, quote, must play a central role in ensuring that our economy recovers from the pandemic. It recovers in a way that addresses the uh, inequalities that exist long before anyone was infected with COVID-19. The statement reads... I don't even know what this means. I ha- what, what are you going to do with, with this, with, with the, the Treasury Department working with racial equity efforts? What does this mean from and, and who are they going to go after?
8: Well, again, this is one of these announcements by the administration that's backed up with no facts and no game plan. Again, this is a headline that sort of excites and serves their woke constituency on the far, far left. But how do you implement something like this? It makes no sense. Um, you know, loans should be made based on the economics. Um, they shouldn't be made based on racial criteria. It seems that they want to introduce racism in everything that they do, because, again, that divides America. And their view is that by dividing our nation, they're, they're going to conquer it in some way. Chinese love that. They, they like to see this happen. Our adversaries love this. But what we need to be doing is putting capital into the economy in an appropriate manner. Every action they're taking is taking actions that will actually reduce the amount of capital coming into the economy by raising taxes on corporations, by raising taxes on individuals. By raising taxes on capital gains, they're going to freeze capital gains in place. People aren't going to liquidate their investments, and they're not going to roll them into new, more productive uh, investments that will keep the economy growing. They don't understand how the economy works. They just look for headline after headline without thinking through the second and third order effects. This is just one more example of that.
5: It's incredible. Senator, I appreciate your time. Uh, I hope you guys are successful in stopping at least some of this. I know that they're going to do something big. It's The question is, how much of this can we get rid of before they pass it? You are still a domestic terrorist. That's right. The Attorney General of the United States of America, A.G. Garland, is refusing to withdraw his memo, declaring that if you're a parent that speaks out, at a school board meeting, that we will not look at you any differently than what could possibly be declared as a domestic terrorist. After shocking testimony before the United States Senate, Garland is refusing to back down. In fact, we now know there's a new memo that tells his prosecutors, law enforcement, how to come after parents, even if you just do something as simple as making a phone call expressing your thoughts to a school board member that could then turn you into a domestic terrorist. Now, today's podcast, we are going to have U.S. Senator Marsha Blackburn, who actually questioned Attorney General Garland over this issue in just a moment. But before I get to all of this shocking audio and to the senator, I want to ask you to do me a favor please make sure, number one, you hit the subscribe button to our podcast or the auto-download button so that you can get the show every day. Number two, please share this podcast with your family and friends because everyone in this country needs to know that we now have an attorney general, a tyrant under the regime of Biden, and under Biden's command, they are going to come after parents for expressing their thoughts and feelings, and they're criminalizing your freedom of speech, your freedom of expression, and they want to treat you, not want, they are treating you the same way they treated terrorists after 9-11. Parents, you may be a domestic terrorist under the new guidelines from the Attorney General Garland if you show up or make a phone call or organize on Facebook against people that are trying to indoctrinate your children in our public school systems. Earlier today, I spoke with Marsha Blackburn as she got to have a very blunt discussion with the Attorney General Garland. I'm going to have that for you coming up in a moment. Now, I want to play for you some incredible audio from Senator Ted Cruz, who actually questioned the Attorney General Garland over the anti-parent memo, a memo that turns parents into domestic terrorists, a memo that tells prosecutors basically a dozen plus ways to prosecute parents for being involved in their kids' lives and for having, basically, we're now criminalizing freedom of speech and freedom of thought. Now, Senator Ted Cruz is a brilliant legal mind. A lot of people think of him more as a senator now. He's, I would argue, a senator second and a brilliant political, a a, a brilliant legal mind first and that's why i'm going to play this audio because it's incredible to watch him dismantle the insanity of garland the attorney general of the united states of america and the biden regime who are coming after parents for just speaking up about their kids education take a listen
9: for eight years under barack obama the department of justice was politicized and weaponized when you came before this committee in your confirmation hearing you promised things would be different I asked you specifically, quote, will you commit to this committee that under your leadership, the Department of Justice will not target the political opponents of this administration? Here was your answer, quote, absolutely. It's totally inappropriate for the department to target any individual because of their politics or their position in a campaign. That was your promise just a few months ago. I'm sorry to say you have broken that promise. There is a difference between law and politics. And General Garland, you know the difference between law and politics. Law is based on facts. It is impartial. It is not used as a tool of political retribution. This memo was not law. This memo was politics.
5: Now, Senator Ted Cruz is absolutely right. That this memo was 100% a political decision made by the Attorney General to a come after parents and attack parents and, and to treat them, not even equate, to actually treat them, to treat you as a concerned parent about your kid's education, as a domestic terrorist the same way that we treated domestic terrorists after 9-11. That is a fact. They made a decision politically because a powerful teachers union decided to send out a request. To shut parents up, going, hey, we don't like these parents getting involved here, right? Like these parents that have kind of gotten woken up. We 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 kind of need you guys to shut them up. We 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 don't we feel threatened, right? Because we're all woke. We feel threatened as we try to indoctrinate their kids, try to cover up heinous crimes that are being committed against their kids. Two different rapes were covered up in Loudon County, for example. You'll hear more about that in a moment, because the school board. Didn't want to let it be known that their transgender bathroom policy allowed for a guy dressed like a chick in a skirt to go into a bathroom and rape two different people. They moved him, actually, from one school to another school just to make it go away. And when the kid got to second school, he did it again. Sexually assaulted another girl. Because they didn't want it to make their transgender bathroom woke rules look bad. And this kid would make them look bad. So instead of protecting your child, they decided... That instead they would protect their woke ideas, their ideals, whatever the hell you want to call them. Their anarchy, their insanity, their psychotic nature that they believe that they own your children and you have nothing you can say about your children. They own your children and you must shut up and you must be silent. This goes back to exactly the big fight that is happening right now in Virginia. What's happening in Virginia right now is you have a fight because you have a governor that said publicly multiple times on stage, parents should have no right to dictate and or tell school boards what we should or shouldn't be teaching your kids. You have no rights. When you drop your kids off, your kid is a a product, a a property of the state. It's Probably the best way I can describe it. Your child becomes property of the state. And that's exactly how they're going to treat your kid. When you drop your kid off, you can shut up. When you drop your kid off, you can shut up and leave us alone. If you show up and you talk to us, we will treat you like you're a member of ISIS or Al-Qaeda. And legally, we will come after you. In fact, we have a dozen plus ways the Attorney General has now said that we can come after you. That is what they are doing. What if you don't even show up for a school board, but you make a phone call? We've criminalized that now. Senator Ted Cruz talked about it in this memo, how parents now, their behavior of calling, being involved is criminalized at a federal level.
9: On Wednesday, September 29th, the National School Board Association wrote a letter to the president. Asking the president to use the Department of Justice to target parents that were upset at critical race theory that were upset at mass mandates in schools to target them as domestic terrorists on the face of the letter the letter was in repeated consultation with the White House in explicit political consultation with the White House that was on Wednesday September 29th. five days later on Monday so right after the weekend boom you pop out a memo giving them exactly what they want. Now, by the way, I understand that. In politics, that happens all the time. An important special interest wants something? Sir, yes, sir. We're gonna listen to them. Let me ask you something, General Garland. In the letter, which you told the House of Representatives was the basis for this abusive memo targeting parents, how many incidents are cited in that memo?
10: I have to look back through the memo. I okay, can you,
9: you don't know. How many of them were violent? Again, the, the, the general report- How many of them were violent? Do you know? I don't know. You don't know. And there's a reason you don't know. Because you didn't care, and nobody in your office cared to find out. I did a quick count just sitting here. During this hearing, I counted 20 incidents cited. Of the 20, 15 on their face are nonviolent. They involve things like insults. They involve a Nazi salute. That's one of the examples. My God, a parent did a Nazi salute at a school board because he thought the, the, the policies were oppressive. General Garland is doing a Nazi salute at an elected official. Is that protected by the First Amendment?
10: Yes, it is.
9: Okay, 15 of the 20 on the face of it are not violent. They're not threats of violence. They're parents who are unhappy. Yet, miraculously, when you write a memo, the opening line of your memo, in recent months, there has been a disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence. You know what? You didn't look, and nobody on your, on your staff looked. Did you even look up the 20 instances?
10: As I testified, the decision to make, uh, the send a memo is for an assessment.
9: Did you look up the problem. 20 instances?
10: I did not read. Did anyone
9: on your staff look them up? I don't know
10: the answer, but it's uh, not uh, But of the course memo. you
9: don't. In general, there's a reason. Look, you started your career as a law clerk to Justice Brennan. You've had many law clerks during the year, during your time as a judge. I was a clerk to Chief Justice Rehnquist. I'll tell you what, if I drafted an opinion for the Chief Justice and walked in and it said, there's a disturbing pattern of violence, well, Ted, how do you know that? Well, I got an abacus brief here who claims it. You would fire a law clerk who did that. You're the Attorney General of the United States. This was not a tweet you sent. This is a memo to the Federal Bureau of Investigations saying go investigate parents as domestic terrorists.
10: That is not what the memo says at all. It does is, not.
9: Is it what the letter says?
6: That
10: is
9: not what Is it what the letter says? By the way,
5: the point Ted Cruz is making here is your letter says exactly that. It doesn't matter what the law says because your letter says something totally different you have weaponized the united states government to go after children or excuse me go after parents of children who are just raising concerns about what you're doing to their children and you're treating them like domestic terrorists and the scary part is i'm going to keep playing this is that garland refuses to rescind this memo stands behind it wholeheartedly that any parent that gets out of line or raises their voice You will be treated quite possibly like a domestic terrorist and arrested, and we have a playbook of how to arrest you. We have a list of things we can charge you with. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk of experiencing a blackout. You could be one of them, sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. And two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to 4, that's the number 4, Patriots.com slash Ben to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. So right now, go to 4 slash Ben. That's the number four, patriots.com slash Ben.
1: Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it,
6: Boy Meets World House. Take a listen.
4: how oh. lucky we were yeah. to have you guys.
2: This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic five
5: new episode out. Now you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Senator Cruz and the point that he is making with his. Conversation with the attorney general of the United States of America Garland is none of what you have done attacking parents and treating them like domestic terrorists. When in fact they're not, they're just concerned parents is Raising their voices to those that are trying to destroy their kids lives Is based in law and you're the Attorney General of the United States of America And you write an anti-parent memo because you believe that the parents have no rights to their children The state owns those children and gets to indoctrinate those children and that is not law that is propaganda that is politics And by the way, I think garland knows that that's exactly
9: right you're the Attorney General of the United States. This was not a tweet you sent. This is a memo to the Federal Bureau of Investigations saying, go investigate parents as domestic terrorists.
10: That is not what the memo says at all. It does is, not, is
9: it what the letter says?
10: That is not what- Is it name?
9: what the letter says?
10: I don't care what the letter says. You don't care.
9: You said it was the basis of your memo. You testified under oath before the House of Representatives. The letter was the basis of your memo. Now you don't care about the letter?
10: The letter and public reports of violence and threats of violence. My memo says nothing about domestic terrorism. says nothing about parents committing any such things. My memo is an attempt to get an assessment of whether there is a problem out there that the federal government needs to... The
9: letter on its face... Says the actions of the parents could be the equivalent to a form of domestic terrorism. And that
10: is wrong. And, and that...
9: asks the president to use the Patriot Act in regards to domestic terrorism and directed note... at parents. And this note... was the basis of your memo. My memo. The Department of Justice, when you're directing the FBI to engage in law enforcement, you're not behaving as a political operative because a political ally of the president says, hey, Go attack these parents because we don't like what they're saying. Department of Justice, you did no independent research on what was happening, did you?
10: The memo has nothing to do with. Did you do independent
9: po- research? The memo has. Did you no- do independent research? The memo
10: has nothing to do. Okay, you're not with answering that politics.
9: question. You've testified you know nothing about the violent sexual assault that happened in Loudon County, even though it's one of the bases in this letter.
5: I read about it since then. Okay. By the way, the point you're about to hear is so important. This goes back to the parents and the school board. You have a school board in Loudoun County, as I mentioned earlier, that covered up the rape of a student because it would go, it would hurt their transgender policy because it's a dude wearing a skirt that went in the girl's bathroom and raped not one, but now we know two different girls. And instead of actually, and and by the way, the kid's been found guilty of one of those crimes. They covered it up, moved him to another school, covered it up, and just moved him down the road. It's like the Catholic Church, where they would do with the priests that were molesting children—just move him to another church, right? Who cares? We don't want to admit that we have a problem, so let's just cover it up. That's the easiest way to deal with this—just, just flat out cover it up exactly why senator tom cotton said that the ag should resign yeah he actually said he should resign over what he has done because it's such a disgrace you guys have weaponized the department of justice you have politicized it to the point where now you're treating parents like domestic terrorists and you have parents all they're doing is standing up for their children that's it That's all you're doing. Let me tell you what the judge found in the Loudoun County case before I get back to this audio real quick. The judge has announced an explosive Loudoun County School bathroom ruling finding this 15-year-old boy guilty of sexual assault in the girl's bathroom. And the school covered it up. And then the father, who lost his mind when the school board covered it up, was arrested and treated like a domestic terrorist. Don't forget that part of this story, okay? The father went to the school board The school board lied. He got angry. He started yelling. They slammed him to the floor, arrested him, and took him out of the school board meeting and treated him like a domestic terrorist because he was mad that a school board covered up the fact that a 15-year-old boy who has now been found guilty, so this isn't up for interpretation. It's a fact now. The 15-year-old boy has been found guilty of sexual assault in the girls' bathroom of the man's daughter. The ruling comes amid the controversial transgender school bathroom accommodations in Loudoun County, Woke, Virginia. Because the bathroom woke agenda for transgender accommodations was more important than actually protecting a child from being raped by a dude wearing a skirt in a bathroom in the girl's bathroom. The charges include one felony count of forcible sodomy and one felony count of rape. The judge, Pamela Brooks, ruled, I found the facts sufficient to support the charges. The victim said the two were, quote, just friends and said she never gave permission or consent for the encounter. And this is exactly what the school board covered up because they couldn't stand press that would make them look like idiots, that would show them that allowing dudes into chicks' bathrooms was a bad idea. The boy was 14 years old at the time, texted the victim asked her to meet him in the girl's bathroom. He threw her to the floor, forced himself upon her, according to the Washington Post. He flipped me over, she said. I was on the ground, couldn't move, and he sexually assaulted me. But hey, Virginia Department of Education says its transgender policies require that, quote, access to facilities such as restrooms and locker rooms that correspond to a student's gender identity shall be available to all students. And Loudoun County said, absolutely, we're gonna do it because we think this is great. We think this is great. Listen to the lack of compassion that Garland has for the girl, the girls, I should say, that were raped.
9: Okay, you told the House last week you knew nothing about it. Not, no,
5: at the time, no.
9: Okay, this week, the court concluded that a 14-year-old girl was violently raped by a boy wearing a skirt in the girls' restroom. The school district covered it up, released the boy, sent him to another school where he violently raped another girl. The father who Mr. Hawley just showed you was the father of of, of the first girl. He was understandably, do you understand why a parent would be upset when your daughter is raped at school. The school board covers it up and then lies to you and claims there have been no assaults. We have no instances of assaults in our bathroom, and that was a flat-out lie, as the court concluded this week. Do you understand why the parent would be upset?
10: Absolutely. And is any expressions of upset are completely protected by the First Amendment? Except
9: you just called him a domestic terrorist.
10: I never called him that. That's not correct. this
9: letter calls him a domestic terrorist. You based a direction to the FBI, an official direction from the Attorney General, on this letter, and I'll tell you what, the the NSBA is so embarrassed of this letter, they've apologized for it and retracted it, but you don't apparently have the same willingness to apologize and retract what you did. Let me ask you something else. A big part of this, this letter is that they're upset about parents not wanting critical race theory taught.
5: But by the way, let me let me jump back in here because I want to go back to this father that was arrested because I think it's really important for you to understand the father. Now you heard Senator Ted Cruz just mention his colleague Senator Holly had 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 said something moments before about this father. He brings out the picture of this father being slammed to the floor, his clothes being ripped, and police officers treating him like a domestic terrorist. And Holly's point is. You, you think this guy should be arrested? You have a school board that covered up the rape of his daughter? And then that, school, that same boy who was dressed like a girl went to another school and did it again? And you don't think that guy's going to raise his voice at you and be angry when you're covering it up? And then you arrest him and treat him like a terrorist? Listen to this back and forth of the Attorney General.
11: Mr. Chairman, uh, Attorney General Garland, on October 4th, you issued an unprecedented memo. That involves the Department of Justice and the FBI and local school districts, local school boards, nothing like it in our country's history. It was based, you've testified on this letter from the National School Board Association that we now know the White House was involved in writing. They've retracted the letter. They've apologized for the letter. They say they regret the letter, but you won't retract the memo and said earlier that you have no regrets. And you've defended yourself repeatedly today before this committee by saying, well, you're focused on violence. But now, of course, we've seen the memo from your own Justice Department advising state and local and other prosecutors about all of the different federal causes of action that they can bring against parents that are not about violence. They're about harassment and intimidation. I'm looking here at this memo. It identifies no fewer than 13 possible federal crimes involving harassment and intimidation, including
5: Making annoying phone calls. Do you think a parent? By, by the way, just think about that. They give it 13 different things you can do to come after parents, including making annoying phone calls. So if you're this dad, your daughter's raped, you find out they released the kid, don't charge the kid, and cover it up, and you make a phone call and you're angry with a school board member, should that mean that you are a domestic terrorists? Think about that if you're a parent
11: who makes a phone call to a school board member that she has elected that that school board member deems annoying should be prosecuted, General Garland?
10: No, I don't. And the Supreme Court has made quite clear that the word intimidation with respect to the constitutional protection is one that directs a threat to a person with the intent of placing the victim in fear of bodily harm or death. Prosecutors who investigate these cases know the Supreme Courts. This is a, a, a very
11: famous uh, meeting case. Pro- prosecutors was- do, but but parents don't, General Garland. Do you, do you think that a parent who looks at the 13 different federal crimes that your Justice Department has identified they might be subject to and prosecuted for, like making annoying phone calls, do you think that they're going to feel that they're welcome to speak up at a school board meeting? How about this one? They could be prosecuted for using the internet, I guess that would be Facebook, in a way that might cause emotional distress.
5: Let's talk about the emotional distress that Holly is mentioning right here. What, what, what Senator Holly is saying is if you're a parent and you organize a Facebook group page or even just a post on your own page to get parents to show up or make phone calls or to come to a school board meeting or to start emailing and texting and calling a school board member that's gone rogue or that's covering up a sexual assault, you will be treated like a domestic terrorist. In fact, the attorney general puts out a memo saying, "Here's 13 ways to shut these parents up. Here's 13 ways to turn these parents into domestic terrorists." To a victim, is that a, is that a crime of violence?
10: Senator, I haven't seen the memo that you're why talking haven't about, you? And I don't, I, and I, I, even from the description, it doesn't sound like it was addressed to
5: parents. But if you
11: no, were, it, was, it wasn't addressed to parents. It was right. addressed to prosecutors. That's the problem. Why haven't you seen the memo?
5: I. Uh, I, I notice how dumb Garland all of a sudden is, right? I, I, I didn't write the memo. This is a memo going out to all of his prosecutors all over the country saying, here is the list of things that you can do to prosecute parents. Here's the ways to prosecute them. Here's what you charge them when federal crime's over. And Garland's like, I did not seen the memo. Really?
10: I don't know why I haven't, I don't look at every, I have, I do not get every memo that every U.S. attorney uh, sends out. But
11: if you're wait, wait, wait a minute! Don't, don't! I, I just want to be sure I understand this. This, this is a memorandum that collects 13 different federal crimes parents could be charged with. It has United States Department of Justice on the top of it, and you're telling me you haven't seen it? Who's the memo from, Senator? The United States Department of Justice, United States Attorney for the District of Montana.
10: I have not seen a memo from the District of Montana. I not haven't. high
11: enough priority for you?
10: That's not that's not the question. I don't. It is the
11: question. Answer my question. Is it not a high enough priority for you when you're threatening parents with 13 different federal crimes? These aren't crimes of violence. You've testified today. You're focused on violence. That's not what your U.S. attorneys. They work for you. That's not what they're saying. You haven't seen it because it's not a high enough priority or what?
10: Question of priority. No one has sent me that memo, so I haven't seen it. What do you
11: mean no one has sent you the memo? You run the United States Department of Justice. Do you not? There
10: are 115,000 employees of the Department of Justice.
11: Indeed, and you are in charge of every one of them. And And this was a sufficiently important case that you issued a memo. You, over your signature, issued a memo involving the FBI and the Department of Justice in local school boards, local school districts. Your U.S. attorneys are now threatening prosecution with 13 different crimes, but it's not a high enough priority for you. It got lost in the mix.
10: I'll send again. I've never seen that memo. It wasn't That's what
11: concerns me. me, General Garland. Well,
10: it wasn't sent to me. I hope you will assure your constituents that what we are concerned about here is violence and threats of violence.
5: I don't believe him, by the way. I don't believe him at all. I think what he's he's concerned with is shutting up and silencing parents who are actually standing up at school board meetings and doing it to the point where he says, we're going to treat you like a terrorist and you may go to prison and you may not see your kids for years. We will throw away the key because you spoke up at a meeting. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk of experiencing a blackout. You could be one of them, sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X folks say this new solar generator from four patriots is worth its weight in gold why because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like your electric blanket your microwave your rv air conditioner or even an electric wheelchair you also get 12 outlets including four ac outlets so you can power more devices at once To get your solar generator now, you'll even get a solar panel included free. So right now, go to fourpatriots.com slash Ben. That's the number four, patriots.com slash Ben.
1: Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen
4: how oh. lucky we were yeah. to
2: have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts.
5: U.S. Senator Marsha Blackburn is with me now to talk about this. Senator, I want to play something else real quick and get your reaction to it, because one of your colleagues, uh, Senator Holly pressed the AG on a dad being arrested at a school board meeting. I'm going to play a little clip of this, and I want to get your reaction because it's shocking to me, and it shows you... Just how I would argue evil, the attorney general, his minions and the Biden administration is attacking parents. Listen to this.
11: Prosecutors do. But but parents don't, General Garland. Do you you think that a parent who looks at the 13 different federal crimes that your Justice Department has identified, they might be subject to and prosecuted for like making annoying phone calls? Do you think that they're going to feel that they're welcome to speak up at a school board meeting? How about this one? They could be prosecuted for using the Internet. I guess that would be Facebook in a way that might cause emotional distress to a victim.
5: Is that is that a crime of violence? Senator, Senator, you, you hear about these 13 things that were laid out. It's shocking now that if a parent organizes a group of parents, which is how everybody seems to organize things now at a grassroots level on Facebook, on social media, that that could be used against them as a federal crime and you could be charged with with federal crimes that would make you a felon, put you in prison for organizing to show up at a school board meeting, and the attorney general acted like he didn't know this memo existed, which is under his command.
3: It was astounding the lack of awareness and knowledge, and you have to realize, Ben. He seemed confused. He seemed frustrated. Uh, he was unprepared. He seemed as if he was very distant from the activities of his office, more that he is the figurehead and he is not a leader. And it was very apparent in that hearing yesterday. And I pressed him on who wrote this memo. And he would not answer me. Senator Cruz followed me. Who wrote the memo? He would not answer the senator. I mean, it went on and on and on because he said, well, he signed the memo. And then we I went at him about the turnaround in time, because back in August, 44 of my Republican Senate colleagues joined me on a letter to General Garland about the Durham investigation to ask for a status update and if they were going to make the report public. And we've never received an answer. But after we wrote it, then they went on with the indictment and kind of got the ball rolling. But see, it has been since August. We are more than 60 days since we sent that letter. And now in four days, they turn around this request of a special interest group to the White House. We know they had worked together on this, but we do not know. If someone in the White House wrote this letter, uh, this memo, if Lisa Monaco w- wrote it, uh, if Miss Gupta wrote it, we don't know who wrote the memo, but we know that Merrick Garland signed the memo. And, you know, he had said at first in the hearing, uh, and this was one of the big contradictions, he said that he had done the memo based on the school board letter. But then, in response to my question, when I asked him later, I was further down the queue. So I came in and I said, We want to know who wrote this memo and if in this memo you are indeed calling people, uh, parents to be uh, domestic terrorists, labeling them as such. And he said, Well, he did it from the memo and. And news reports. So then he wouldn't identify what news reports.
5: And, and so that's I the part is, him, it's like, okay, so, so you're that. making policy. And just so people understand how quickly this, this happened and how insane this story is, because I've never seen the DOJ work this way. You literally have a memo that comes out from, from a, a teacher's union saying, we, we want you to stop these parents from getting involved. And we need you to start treating them like domestic terrorists. And we want you to use literally the laws that we use, Patriot Act, et cetera, that we use after 9-11 to target actual terrorists that were connected to Al Qaeda to then go after parents. And then within days, basically within hours, you have the DOJ rolling out a policy and then a new amendment says, here's 13 ways you can basically lock parents up.
3: That's right, and that was a U.S. attorney's memo that was the follow-on. So, you know, what we did was to make this point to them, to him, that we wanted to see what these news reports are. So I said, well, why don't you do this? You go back, you compile it, and you send it to me in writing so that we have this for the record so we can see what you were looking at that was so egregious that within four days, Four days you do this memo. The other thing, Ben, uh, Merrick Garland led the prosecution of uh, Terry Nichols and Timothy McVeigh in the Oklahoma City bombings. So I asked him if he would classify parents in the same vein as Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols. And he was, oh, my goodness, no, no, no. Well, what had happened with Oklahoma City was they classified them as domestic terrorists. That NSBA memo talked about domestic terrorists in regard to people that are, and I ask about this language, practicing harassment, intimidation, and fear of violence. Now, you can't, Sign on to a memo that is done in response to a letter and a complaint from a special interest group that uses the domestic terrorist activity term and not be in agreement with that. And, of course, then he's denying it because they say, well, the memo did not use the word domestic terrorist. Wink, wink, nod, nod.
5: You know, I I remember after 9-11 and and you remember U.S. Attorney General John Ashcroft, John Ashcroft, who was dealing with the worst terrorist attack in U.S. history, wasn't throwing around memos as quickly when we were literally under attack from Al Qaeda as quickly as Garland was at parent's. Because of the teachers union and special interest groups saying decide that they are we're going to treat them like terrorists and tell me how to prosecute them and send out a memo telling people how to prosecute them because they decide to organize on Facebook even after 9-11 you didn't see this type type of reckless. And if there was any time to, I would argue, have reckless behavior in a sense, a paranoid, a, a freak-out moment of send out a memo, send out a memo, send out a memo about these domestic terrorists in America, it would have been after 9-11. And even the Attorney General John Ashcroft at the time didn't do it as quickly as this guy is doing against parents going to school board meetings.
3: Well, you're right about that. And it is a term that is a specific term. And to equate parents who are going to petition their government, which is their right, to exercise their free speech, which is their right, to hold accountable their elected officials, which is their right. Uh, all of this is, you, it's just hard to even believe. I have never in my life something like this and wherever i go in our wonderful state ben this is one of the first things that people talk about how dare the doj try to have parents that go to a school board to ask about mask mandates vaccine mandates curriculum 1619 crt pornography in the middle school library And safety of children in school. And now we're finding out not one, but two rapes. Two have been covered up by school boards. And
5: well, look at the latest story, Senator. Look at the latest story. And this is an example of what could happen to a parent very quickly. You have a high school student that's just broke this morning that gave, and I'm quoting lap dances to staff, including the principal, For the school's man pageant, there's now an investigation underway because parents have organized, right? And a student that was dressed in very little clothing gave lap dances to staff members, including the principal, at a Kentucky public high school while girls dressed as Hooters waitresses during homecoming week activities Tuesday. This has all been reported by the local news. The paper added that, quote, investigation is underway to figure out what went down as part of the Hazard High School's Man Pageant and Costume Day, the paper said. Parents organized. So so my question for you, Senator, is this. If parents organize against this school, right, for allowing this to happen, go to the school board and lose their minds or make phone calls to their school representatives or the principal or the school itself, are they going to be treated like domestic terrorists? Based on what I understand from Garland yesterday and your questioning of him, at this point, his memo which has not been retracted, these parents could still be prosecuted under uh, more than a dozen different ways as some sort of threat to society for being angry that students were giving lap dances a staff and the principal of a school.
3: That's right. And, you know, I asked him, several other committee members asked him if he planned to retract that memo because the NSBA had come at their staff and the board had retracted their memo to the White House. And he says, no, they're not going to do it. But Ben, bear in mind, what are they trying to do? They want government control of your kids. They're doing it through this memo. They want government control of your health care, which is this vaccine. They want government control of your checking account and your income which they're doing through the taxes, prepaying taxes on money you haven't made. Um, And they're also doing it through surveilling your checking account. It is cradle to grave, daylight to dark. This is a bunch of socialists. They thought they were going to radically transform this country when Barack Obama was president. And thank God we got Donald Trump and they didn't get a third of Barack Obama with Hillary Clinton. But now they are hell-bent on doing this. They don't give a rip and flip about your children, about your life, about your job, anything. What they they want is a socialist nation with them in control, and you're going to be the peasants and the peons to give them the lifestyle they want at your expense.
5: Last question, and I'm going to switch gears here, but it's an important one. Uh, There was a question asked the attorney general uh, from you guys yesterday uh, about Dr. Fauci and is he being investigated for lying to Congress? How did he answer that Mm -hmm. question?
3: Well, he is not investigating Dr. Fauci because he doesn't think he lied to Congress. But there are plenty of us who are looking at different components of what Fauci has done. And, of course, I have been calling for a Wuhan lab investigation since day one. And uh, I was joined, Ron Johnson and some others, Rand Paul, have joined me in this call. Uh, Secretary Pompeo tried to do this. Uh, You had career, career bureaucrats over at the State Department that blocked it. But you know what the the layers are peeling back on this smelly onion and what we're going to do is continue to push I think people have about had it they finally realize that what they got with Joe Biden is not what they thought they were going to get with Joe Biden and people are very fearful of what is happening to this country and how quickly they are trying to, from the inside, overthrow this government.
5: Senator, I really appreciate you coming on, and I'll say this again to everybody listening. I have been warning you as parents for days now, not just days, weeks, months, that you better start getting involved in the public schools in your area, whether your kids go to those public schools or not whether your grandkids go to those public schools or not, whether you have kids or not, you are paying for people to politically indoctrinate these children and fundamentally change the communities that you live in. And you better hurry up and you better get involved because these school boards are now fighting back. Now I'm going to ask for your help today to make sure that as many people as possible hear what we're going to give you. We are going to go from the West Coast to the East Coast, including a president of a school board that actually said to a parent after they spoke out about critical race theory and mass mandates, FU. And the media is not covering it. I'm going to play that for you in a minute. But please, right now, make sure that you share this podcast with your family and friends. If you're listening for the first time, make sure you hit that auto download button so you get the show every day. It's free. Or subscribe button, whatever they call it, whatever app you're listening to us on right now, so that you'll get tomorrow's show as well. Now, Terry McAuliffe is a great example of what happens when you allow leaders to totally get out of hand. You look at what he had to say about parents. He's made it clear. Schools, no. Parents shouldn't have a say-so in the schools. He's now trying to say he never said it. We know he said it. He said it over and over and over and over and over again. We know that he said that parents should have no say-so in their kids' lives. This is a guy that constantly smears the parents of an entire state saying, shut up, sit down, and we will be in charge of indoctrinating your kids.
9: I am sick of them talking about these issues of critical race theory. We do not teach critical race theory here in Virginia. It has never been taught. It is a racist dog whistle. It is pitting parents against parents, parents against teachers, and they're using our children as political pawns, and it has got to stop.
5: Now, that's a lie. They are teaching critical race theory in Virginia, and it's been proven that he's lying. Terry McAuliffe went on TV, started talking about these parents' concerns, and these concerned parents are actually racists.
9: But you know, this is junkin trying to stir up this critical race theory, which I'll be honest with you, Bill, I find highly offensive. Critical race theory is not taught in Virginia. It has never been taught. It is a racist dog whistle. Over and over again, if you're a parent
5: and you show up, it's racist. It's not taught in Virginia, folks. These concerned parents, you're racist. That's what you are. Every one of you, you are a racist. Flat out racist. If you show up and you voice your concerns. Now... McAuliffe has tried to flip-flop over and over again. His original quote was, I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually take books out and take and make their own decisions. I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. He said that on September the 28th of this year. Now, it's not just Terry McAuliffe. He's kind of the front-runner of this. There's an election in, what, four days with Terry McAuliffe's name on the ballot, and we're going to see how parents respond. But there are many other... People out there that are doing exactly what Terry McAuliffe is doing. Let me go back to Jody Sapp. This Minnesota school board is now prohibiting parents from criticizing school officials. And forces public commenters to reveal their home addresses so they can be harassed. And expose them to harassment, property damage, and possibly be fired from their jobs because they'll find out who their employers are. Here are the new rules for parents at the Minnesota School Board, where Jody Sapp sits as a school board member for the public schools. I just
12: want to remind everyone this is a business meeting of the school board. It is not a meeting that belongs to the public. Each speaker is asked to state his or her name and address for the record. Failure to do so will result in an individual not being allowed to speak. John, can you give us your name and address, please? Uh,
2: My name is John Wickland. I live in
12: Mankato. Could I get your address, please, John? Um, I'd rather not, since
2: you guys have it already. Don't give your address. You can't speak. And I get so much uh, property damage and eggs and everything else from fun people and their friends. John, you need to give your address. All right, I live on Fifth Street.
12: Excuse me. I live on Fifth Street. House number?
5: Did you hear that? I live on Fifth Street. Keep pussing. Thank you. All right. So are our kids safe?
12: Um. Effective tonight, the school board will enforce the following guidelines. Open forum participants are prohibited from calling out or addressing any individual school board or school district staff member. If this occurs, open forum will be closed and the individual will not be allowed to participate in future open forums.
5: So you lose your right to have an opinion of school board if you openly expose what a school member is doing, an employee is doing, and or teaching in your kid's classroom, or if you criticize a school board member. If you do this, you will no longer be allowed to speak in any future open forum. So you lose your right to speak at future forums. Uh, Not really an open forum if that's what they're now going to do. So you can't criticize me or any of us sitting up here. You peons, you parents that are annoying us. We're trying to do the business of indoctrinating your children. We need your home address so we can harass you before you can speak. And if you violate one of our new random rules that we have decided to implement tonight, you will no longer be allowed to speak for the rest of your lives at your kids' school board or your district school board meeting. Got it? Welcome to Minnesota. School
12: district staff member. If this occurs, open forum will be closed and the individual will not be allowed to participate in future open forums. Crowd noise or any sort of grandstanding during open forum, including applause, talking, hollering, or any outburst, will result in open forum being closed. Further, beginning at the November 1st school board meeting. Open forum participation will be limited to those individuals who wish to speak to an item on the board agenda. The board agenda is always made available the Thursday prior to our meetings, and they are always on the district website.
5: There you go. It's on the website, so you better just shut up. Yeah. Sap, who previously announced anyone who commented during the open forum was not allowed to criticize members of the school board. And the meeting was not a meeting that belongs to the public. Now, I said, we're going to take it a step further. You say anything we don't like. We'll shut it down. You say anything you don't like we will ban you for life. If any speaker violates the rule, then the open forum would be immediately closed for the rest of the meeting. What does that mean? That means some woke liberal could come in, break a rule, and they shut down the open forum period. So no parents could speak and don't think they're not going to do this. Every single meeting, you could have a woke liberal, you could have a member of the school's staff break one of the rules on purpose so that the open forum part of the school board meeting would disappear every week before anyone else is able to speak. You don't think woke liberals would do that? You don't think they would do that on purpose? They would definitely do this on purpose because then they don't have to deal with you. You can have the same liberal every week come in. I know, I forgot, you'd be banned for life. So you find a different liberal the next week. You find a different liberal the next week. You find a different liberal the next week. And then you just have them come in and you have them break a rule. And immediately when they break that rule, game over. We're done. Have a great life. See ya. That's what we will do. Who says and what rule says a parent loses their right to speak at a school board meeting? That's the real question I want to know. Right? Who Seriously, who gets to decide that you can't speak for the rest of your life if you break one of their new rules, one of their new random arbitrary rules at that? If somebody could explain that part uh, of democracy and freedom of speech, uh, if, if this was my kid's school board, I would tell every single parent to immediately pull their kid out. This is why you got to start running, folks. This is why we have to start running. We have to start finding great people. Many of them, I would hope, are retirees who can dedicate themselves to these jobs. I don't care if you have kids or grandkids in these schools. If you care about freedom, if you care about democracy, If you care about making sure that our kids are not used as political pawns to be indoctrinated to turn into tyrants, socialists, and communists, then get off your rear end and start running for office. There has for far too long been this idea, this mentality, that you must have a kid in the school system for you to be able to run for office. That's not how it works. I actually think it's a great platform to say my kid doesn't go to our schools because they suck, but I'm going to help fix them. And I want to get them back to the point where I can put my kid in my public school. That's That, that that for me, is a platform to run off of. That's a real platform, in my opinion. And, I, and people should do it. Grandparents should do it, saying, you know what, I see what's happening in this country, and we're not educating kids anymore. We're indoctrinating kids, and I'm going to stand up, and I'm going to fight back, and I'm going to say no. That is what should happen. That would be amazing. Because if we don't do it soon, this is what they're going to do to shut every one of you down. And the thing is, we actually have all the power even though we're acting like we don't. It's an abusive relationship. Our school boards and what they are doing right now is nothing more than an abusive relationship where they have decided that they can dictate to all of your children what to believe. And you as parents, you will not have a say so in it and you better shut the hell up. I go back to what Terry McAuliffe said. He is saying out loud what every other school board member is thinking. I'm not going to let parents come to schools and actually take books out and, take and make their own decisions. I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. I believe that we're the big government. We get to decide what your kids believe in, and we will indoctrinate them. That is what is being said. Best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to four, that's the number four, patriots.com Ben to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. So right now, go to fourpatriots.com slash Ben. That's the number four, patriots.com slash Ben.
1: Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen
4: how lucky we were to have you guys.
2: This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic five new episode out. Now you can listen wherever you get your podcasts.
5: There's another aspect of taking away a parent's rights to sound off, to speak at a school board meeting. There's, there's a reason why part of it is because not only can they indoctrinate your child and they believe that your children are property of the state, but if, You're not involved in the curriculum. They get to make money and they get to line the pockets of their family and friends that are in the business. You got to follow the money on this one. Now, you may be listening to me and saying, Ben, that's absurd. That's not happening. Oh, it is. It's happening at the highest levels and I can prove it. Senator Ted Cruz got some information investigated that information and found out that the man who's in charge of the Justice Department, the Attorney General Garland, has a vested interest in parents not having a say-so in their kids' education. He has a vested interest in making sure that you don't change curriculum, especially when it comes to critical race theory. Garland, the Attorney General of the United States of America, the same man that has allowed for this Memorandum of 13 different ways to arrest you and treat you like a domestic terrorist as a parent if you show up to a school board meeting has a vested interest that could be in the millions, tens of millions of dollars, maybe even more. Why? Because his daughter and son-in-law, that's how they make their living off of curriculum that teaches critical race theory. You wanna know why Garland wants to shut you up as a parent? This is exactly why. Family is poised to make millions and millions of dollars off of curriculum that will indoctrinate your kid on critical race theory that will teach the white kids to be ashamed of themselves and of this country. And that there needs to be some leveling of the playing field because of the color of your skin. They want to teach your kids that you should apologize for being white. They may not even believe this, but there's money to be made in wokeism. How much money? We don't know. How do we not know? Because Garland is hiding it. I want you to hear this back and forth between Ted Cruz and the attorney general after he punches back for the first time, exposing the attorney general of the United States of America, the same guy that says you're a domestic terrorist for going to your kid's school board meeting and and opposing the teaching of things like critical race theory. And it all goes back to the money.
9: A big part of this, this letter is that they're upset about parents not wanting critical race theory taught. Your son-in-law makes a very substantial sum of money from a company involved in the teaching of critical race theory did you seek and receive a decision from an ethics advisor at the department of justice before you carried out an action that would have a predictable financial benefit to your son-in-law
10: this memorandum is aimed at violence and threats i, and I just violence.
9: asked a question did you it
5: seek it has an ethics no opinion?
10: predictable did effect? you seek uh, an
5: ethics opinion it, by, by the way i want you to understand why garland's not answering this question for one, or two, one of two reasons. Number one, he did seek an ethics opinion and the opinion came back and clearly said, don't do this. That could be option one. It says, don't do it. And the reason why you shouldn't do it is because you have a vested interest in critical race theory being taught and your family is going to make millions of dollars. So don't lock up parents. Don't silence parents. Don't treat parents like domestic terrorists just so your family can make millions of dollars off of teaching critical race theory. Because the memo that his Department of Justice put out to treat you like a terrorist specifically cites the issue of parents showing up and being angry about the teaching of critical race theory. Wonder why they deliberately and purposely put those words on the list. Maybe it is because of Garland. Maybe it is because of his family is going to make a crap ton of money teaching and indoctrinating your kids on this propaganda, and it is nothing but
9: propaganda. That's why I want to answer the question. It has no... Predi- Did you seek an ethics opinion? Judge, you know how to ask questions and answer them. Did you seek an ethics opinion?
10: You asked me whether I sought an ethics opinion about something that would have a predictable effect on something. This has no predictable effect in the way that you're talking about. So
9: if critical race theory is taught in more schools, does your son-in-law make more this money? This memo has nothing... If critical race theory is taught in more schools, does your son-in-law make more money? Yes or no?
10: This memorandum has nothing to do with critical race Will theory you answer or if you any sought other an kind opinion? of curriculum. Will you
9: I- answer if you sought an
10: ethics opinion? the best I can.
9: Yes or no? Did you seek an ethics opinion?
10: This memorandum has Did nothing. Did you
9: seek an ethics opinion? This
10: memorandum has nothing to do with.
9: General, are you refusing theory. to answer if you sought an ethics opinion? I'm telling
10: you that there's no possible. So
9: you're saying no, just answer it directly. You know how to answer a question directly. I'm, Did you seek an an ethics opinion
10: I'm telling you that if I thought there was any reason to believe there was a conflict of interest I would do that but I cannot why do you refuse
9: to answer the question why won't you just interest. say no I'm sorry you're not gonna answer the question
10: I'm sorry say, ask the question again
9: did you seek an ethics opinion
10: I'm saying again I would seek an ethics opinion and so
9: no is the answer correct there was a senator of your time is up that the record reflect, the attorney general refuses to answer whether he thought, sought an ethics opinion, and apparently ethics are not a terribly high priority in the Biden Justice Department.
5: Well, this is why you weaponize the DOJ. This is why, folks. This is this is the this is the ball game. You're the attorney general's daughter and son-in-law. You're making money selling critical race theory propaganda to the schools as a quote curriculum. You are making unknown large sums of money right now off of this, and the business is growing, not getting smaller. As more and more woke school boards start indoctrinating your children with critical race theory, parents start showing up. They start voicing their concerns. And now we just turn them into domestic terrorists. That'll shut them up. That's all you got to do, folks. Just turn them into domestic terrorists. Game on or game over. Treat them like the 9-11 hijackers. Treat them like those that helped the 9-11 hijackers do what they did on 9-11. Treat them the exact same way under the law. In fact, give 13 different ways to prosecute parents that show up and voice their concerns over critical race theory and other things like it. That's all you got to do. Knock that out, folks. Let's go. You do this, game over. Parents will be so afraid to show up. They'll be so afraid of going to jail. They'll be so afraid of being convicted as a felon that we'll just control them. Terry McCullough said it best, right? Parents have no right to show up and tell us what to do. Washington Post, right? There's the article. Washington Post, the most brilliant minds we can find are telling you that it is flawed logic for you as a parent to think, while you're paying for your kid's education, that you should actually have a say-so in your kid's education. They're actually telling you it's almost like against the law if you read the article. Oh, and if you you want to know what school boards are saying to parents around the country, well, I already played for you, the Minnesota school board, prohibiting parents from criticizing individual school officials and or teachers. Also demanding that they reveal their home addresses, exposing them to harassment and property damage just to speak at a school board meeting. That's not all that's happening in this country. In California... Oh, they've got something to say to you. There was a parent, a parent that spoke out about vaccines and mass mandates in California. Los Alamitos School District. They spoke. They were very kind. They were very polite. The audience clapped. The president of the school board had this to say to that parent. It was by accident. She didn't realize her mic was hot. She thought it was off. She thought it was off, folks. She didn't know that people were gonna actually hear her and what she had to say. Yeah, you wanna know what she said? F you, she said the whole word. A parent spoke out against her children and mass mandates and vaccine mandates and did it in a very respectful way. And the president of the school board actually said out loud, not knowing her mic was still on. F you to the parent. 2 thirds of Americans are at risk of experiencing a blackout. You could be one of them, sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. Folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable. So you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. Or other devices like your electric blanket, your microwave, your RV, air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once. To get your solar generator now, you'll even get a solar panel included free. So right now, go to fourpatriots.com slash Ben. That's the number four, patriots.com slash Ben.
1: Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it,
6: Boy Boy Meets World House. Take a listen.
4: how lucky we were to have you guys.
2: This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic five
5: new episode out. Now you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. You tell parents after they speak out about their kids and you're the president of the school board, literally F you. It gets caught on tape. You think that person loses their job? No. Why would we do that? Why would that person get fired for that? It's no way. I know that she's the president of the California School Board, and I know she was caught on the hot mic yelling co- at a concerned parent, F.U., but, but all you got to do is just put out an apology. You want to know what the mom said, which allowed for her or made her go unhinged and say out loud, F.U. to the parent? The parents were voicing their concerns at the board meeting, including a mother named Lauren. She walked at the mic and she said, my name is Lauren, and I'm here as a concerned parent to urge you to be the first school to say no to mandates for our children. It should be up to every parent, the mother then said, to make that decision. I urge you to say no, no to mandates for our children that drew applause from the other parents in the audience. She went on to say, what side of history are you willing to participate? Leave our children alone. Let them be kids and enjoy one another. Let them breathe again and smile again, referring to what the masks take away. We are vocal because we are our children's biggest advocates. That's when the board president, Davison, told the mother that her time was up and called on the next parent to speak. The mother left the podium. You hear the clapping. And that president of the school board, that woman, Davison, didn't realize her microphone was still on when she said, and this tells you how much they hate you. They have nothing but pure, pure hatred for you. You think they're going to listen to any of your suggestions if this is how they respond to a kind mother talking about her children? Yeah, there it is. Now, we've got an official response, so everything's going to be okay, right? Yeah, we've got that response. Davison issued an apology for cursing at the concerned parent, saying, quote, I am deeply sorry for the inappropriate comment that I made in last night's board meeting. I am going to personally apologize to the speaker, who most certainly deserves to know that when members of the public address the Board of Education, they must be heard with respect. Well, that's a lie. These are trying times, but trying times demand that we rise to do our best. I reaffirm my commitment to serve our community with dignity and integrity. Ah, that's a lie. And I hope they'll accept my sincere apology. That mother, by the way, did not accept the school board's president's apology. She told the local news there she did not think the apology was sincere. Wasn't sincere at all. Luckily, KTLA, not exactly conservative, a liberal local news station in L.A., because of the outrage of the community of a parent being told, literally, F you, for showing up and saying in a very kind manner, please let me decide what's best for my kid. Please don't mandate things on my children. They had to actually cover the story they had no choice there was too much outrage in the community take a listen
11: There are calls for the Los Alamitos Unified School Board president to resign after a hot mic captured a disparaging comment she made against a parent. It happened during yesterday's school board meeting.
1: The school board president was talking about a parent who opposed a vaccine mandate. And new at 6, KTLA Orange County Bureau Chief Chip Yost is speaking with that parent. He joins us live from Los Alamitos with the woman's reaction. Chip.
13: Yeah, hey there, Micah and Sherry. Yeah, that school board president now apologizing after a comment of hers was caught on a hot mic at a meeting here yesterday. And as you said, new at six, we're also now hearing from the parent that comment was directed at. You talk about all these maskers and all of these people that got vaccines, like it's such a good thing to do. They've shot themselves in the foot. Like many school board meetings around the country recently, Tuesday's meeting of the Los Alamitos Unified School Board was tense and sometimes pointed. I will never trust this district until you guys are replaced. Like at this protest outside the board's chambers earlier this year, some speakers at Tuesday's meeting vented their frustration not only over critical race theory, but also over mask mandates and COVID vaccines as well.
1: So, I am no on uh, mandates on masks, no
3: on vaccines, and no on CRTs. All these, I'm sorry, are both. Bull-
13: Earlier in the meeting, Board Member Scott Fayette said this about some of the criticism aimed at him over mask mandates and vaccines.
6: This is a state mandate. Both of these policies come from the state. Your influence is the same that I have. We are coming out of COVID. We're coming out of a once in a lifetime pandemic. And instead of pulling together and putting the children first, there's a group of people that are putting themselves
13: first. Later, after this speaker addressed Fayette directly. That was very rude of you to say parents are selfish. Someone on an open mic could be heard with what sounded like a profane two-word retort. Board President Marlis Davidson has admitted that she was the one who made that comment and gave us this statement saying I am deeply sorry for the inappropriate comment that I made in last night's board meeting. I am going to personally apologize to the speaker who most certainly deserves to know that when the members of the public address the board of education, they must be heard with respect. These are trying times, but trying times demand that we rise to do our best. I reaffirm my commitment to serve our community with dignity and integrity, and I hope they will accept my sincere apology. On that note, we did speak to the parent. The comment was directed at, and she said she does not think the apology was sincere.
5: I, I, I do love this. I, I really do. I love the lies here. I love the lies coming from this school. By the way, there's no way that she wrote this. Those comments, no way. No way that that school board president wrote her canned response i rededicate my commitment to parent no you hate parents you literally said to a parent not even like like kind of yeah you know, i mean I, there, there's so many different levels uh, of things that you could say to a parent off the cuff like you know, people are crazy people are blanking nuts right there, there's a lot of things that you could say there really are there are a lot of different things that you could say When you look at a parent and you say to them, blank you, blank you, blank you. You want me to believe that you had any commitment to parents? No, you hate parents. You want them to go home and shut up. You want to indoctrinate these kids with your propaganda. That's what you want to do. That mother, by the way, who was told to blank you, here's how she responded to the comments
12: true color showed last night there's no taking that back she needs to step down that's why the board members are being recalled is because they're not listening to the parents
5: remember they don't think they have to listen to you that's why the department of justice that's why garland that's why the fbi that's why the biden administration are treating parents that speak up like they are domestic terrorists Not treating them like they're saying you're a domestic terrorist. Most people that run for school board, just so you know, don't give a crap about kids. It's a political power grab. Go look at how many people run for office, for Congress, for Senate, for governor, state senator, state rep, and where do they start out? County commission, city council, mayor. They start on the school boards. It's a stepping stone. The majority of these people, they could give two rats rear ends about the kids. It's the first and one of the easiest ways to get elected because people don't pay attention. There are too many people that don't pay attention to what's going on in their school boards. And the reason why they don't pay attention is because their kids aren't in the schools or their kids have graduated from the schools or they're just too tired or lazy to pay attention. And I'm telling you right now, you better start. You want to get back? I hear people all the time talk about I donate my time to charity. You want to donate your time? Run for school board. I don't care if you have kids or or, or, if you do or don't have kids. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter. Run. Because all these other scumbags are running. Some of them are psychopaths and just want to indoctrinate your kids. But many of them are just hardcore woke liberals who are using this to get their name out there. I'm an elected official. I'm a school board member, which makes it seem like, oh, what makes, you know, of course I should want to vote for them, right, for their next job that they want. It's a stepping stone job for them. It's a political ladder from them. People all the time, like, well, I think I I want to be in politics. I'm going to run for the school board. They don't care about your kid. This president of the school board, I guarantee she has other ideas for a career. And think about how arrogant you have to be. To look at a parent thinking your mic is off and you actually say aloud, F you. I hope every one of you will take everything I gave you today and share it. I hope every one of you will please share this podcast. Write us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast because that helps us tremendously in the podcast charts. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. It's free or auto download button. It's free. You can listen to the show every day for free. And I'll see you back here tomorrow.